0: Hello and welcome to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. My name is Simon Miller and this is a Pro Wrestling Podcast. As you probably noticed, it is not Friday the day that this goes up. But hey, you know how it is. Sometimes you've got to rearrange schedules and you've got to get some done, uh, some stuff done. A couple of the goalposts shifted around this week, so I made sure I shifted with them. But uh, as long as you get two podcasts a week, I'm a happy man. And hopefully you are happy too. If you've never listened to this podcast before, please do know it's all supported. Thanks to patreon.com forward slash Simon 316. And I would like just quickly to thank everyone that does support me on there. Because as I always say, without that, I wouldn't be able to do this. And I like doing this. It makes me happy. And uh, one of the rewards on there, depending on which tier you go in, is that you can actually come on Simon's Pro Wrestling Podcast, specifically this show, the second show of the week. And that's why I'm even more pleased to say that I have a, I have a guest joining me right now. His name is Dan Richards. Dan, how you doing, my friend?
1: Hi, I'm, uh, I'm doing great. Thanks, uh, thanks for asking.
0: You're very welcome. Now, the best thing about all of this is that we have a lot. Of, you know, we try and have one person on a week from the Patreon guy. As of late, there's been a load of guys just from around the world. And that absolutely blows my mind. Like you're in the United States right now, we're just having a chat on a Saturday.
1: I, i'm i'm in canada actually i'm in oh, canada I'm in just I got
0: wrong. yeah you're, 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 you're nova scotia right is that right I'm no no wrong. i'm not going no, wrong again I'm in,
1: uh <laughs> just outside of toronto
0: okay i don't know what i'm talking about i get confused <laughs> but that's does that mean you go to the toronto shows as well do you ever to get down to those uh some of them yes because you know uh, wwe thinks that you're all bizarre right you're aware of this you're part of bizarro world
1: Yes, yes, this is this is bizarre world. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't go to uh, the most recent Raw and SmackDown. Yeah. Uh, but I went to the one previous, and then I've been to the uh, NXT shows that are that have come local. So I, I'm am kind of big into the NXT stuff. So What's and that- then SummerSlam is coming next year. Well, so I was going to
0: say, be, yeah, that's like the biggest show for a while. But what was the biggest show before next year's SummerSlam?
1: Uh, Survivor Series. Was that last a year?
0: A couple of, who was that? What Was that, was uh, that
1: 2017, was that? Uh, it, it might have even been 2016. I'm
0: going to look it up. It was the, I'm just it, intrigued.
1: I went to the – I didn't go to the Survivor Series, but I did go to the NXT show before that. Right, okay. And that was the um, Oscar versus Mickey James and DIY versus the Revival two out of three oh, match.
0: Right, so which many consider to be the best modern-day WWE tag team match. So that's not a bad thing <laughs> to see.
1: Yeah, that was that was pretty amazing. So, yeah, so if, a, if you watch the beginning of that show and you see like this uh there's like a gold glorious uh row, that's that's us. That's nice. myself I like Adam it. And, and a bunch of people out there. So.
0: so that is the weekend where um Goldberg defeated Brock Lesnar. It's that weekend. Where the hell that went, I don't even know, but my word. Um and I'm just gonna get the NXT show up now because I wanna see I wanna see um I wanna see what was on it. Other than the, the matches you've just seen. Because I imagine you saw you did see a very, very good card. You yeah, had, it was yeah, uh, Bobby Giant. Roode
1: versus uh, Ty Dillinger.
0: Yeah, before Ty And then
1: it was the end of the Dusty Rhodes classic. That's right, it was. With the shark cage and all that. And they did that uh, cool spot off the off the cage of course where that. I think it was thorn did the like the flip off the cage yeah see i
0: remember it in in okay, bits and yeah. pieces and of course i remember diy versus the revival and i remember yeah. i remember samoa joe and nakamura more than i remember oscar and Nikki james i think that's more because that's when samoa joe won the championship so i remember i remember that happening well i mean right. i know we're going back in time a while but if, as far as i recall you know it was your classic nxt event with just like a hotter crowd than usual obviously because you know when they do go toronto fans are a lot louder i mean what memories yeah. do you have of that and look you said you mentioned you like nxt I mean, I know the answer, but tell me why NXT? Why is that your thing? I,
1: uh, I mean, the the wrestling's better, the storylines are tighter, and um, and and even like for live shows, we've gone to a couple of the just the the house shows, and I find I've gone to a WWE house show, and I find the NXT house shows are actually better. They just have uh, they feel like a more uh, more like an NXT show like the wrestling I I noticed the wrestling at the house show seemed to be a little bit watered down. It was like a lot of a lot of like multi-man matches. Yeah, People kind of just got in some of their stuff but they didn't kind of bring up the level as uh, but the NXT show felt like like everybody was kind of trying real hard and, and and they get the crowd into it and it's smaller crowd too so it was uh yeah so that's why I I like the NXT.
0: Yeah, I no, I think a lot of people do. I think that's kind of, I'm trying to get the right word, but there is a group of fans who I think mostly stick around with WWE now because of, um, because of NXT. You know, that's kind of, you know, I think those, those same group of fans kind of hope that when, you know, Vince McMahon decides enough is enough and who knows when. You know, but people say that. I think he's 72 now, maybe 73. I mean, knowing yeah. Vince McMahon, he's probably going to be around for another 15 years. So I don't, <laughs> I don't think this day is coming anytime soon, but I do, I do believe that there is a hope or at least a want that when Triple H takes over, maybe he brings that kind of brand of NXT wrestling to the main roster. And I think we'd see more of it. Like, I really do think there would be some sort of crossover, but I don't believe for a second that Raw is going to change drastically unless there is a decision made. I don't think, that, I think if, if Raw ever changes drastically, it won't be because Vince McMahon has left it will be because it's just time, much as it was during the Attitude Era. Because really, we're still, right. you know, the, the structure of the show is still basically the same as it was 20 years ago. I mean, this is a. I'm not saying it's negative. I'm just saying that it, that it's a fact, and I think that's why when you watch NXT, which is under the WWE banner, and it is so different. I think that's you know that's why I mean, it's booked differently as well, and I think it is booked for a quote unquote smarter fan. But I think that's why people like it, and I completely understand why. And like you said, the, the takeover shows, especially, kind of smash it every time
1: yeah the the takeover shows smash it and uh I think there's uh you don't get the overexposure you do in in uh, weekly raw and Smackdown where you see the same people week after week
0: that's true that's very very like true. the
1: nXt you'll see maybe our gargano and Champa one week and then you, you don't really you're not gonna see them in ring for the next two or three weeks until that uh until that kind of that recording cycles over that's you true. might see a little vignette here and there and it's just a little bit of hit this and that and but it's it, they drag out things a lot longer, so it feels fresher.
0: Yeah, I think that's the benefit of having one hour TV as well. Like we yeah. all, we all rag on Raw. I know look, Raw shouldn't be three hours. Like, I don't. Apart from you know USA executives that make a lot of ad revenue off of it, I don't right. think that anyone actually wants Raw at three hours. But it is three hours. But you know the benefit of having one hour TV is that even a bad wrestling a bad show, even a, an average <sharp> wrestling show over an hour, kind of at the very least is going to make you go, "Well, I'm satisfied." Because an yeah. hour is really quick with ad breaks. Is I know that the network doesn't really have ad breaks, but I mean, you know, with those kind of natural pauses, you know, an hour wrestling show just flies by, and it's so easy to watch. Which is why when they do those new Japan shows on um on Access in America, they just feel great because they're just short nuggets of goodness. Yeah, but I mean, I yeah. I don't know. I mean, I one day I would like to see it somehow crossover because obviously the thing would be maybe NXT makes it onto Fox Sports or something or FS1, but. I don't know how that's going to equate anyway. And it probably would hit the network a little bit. I imagine a lot of people, at least a lot of sort of hardcore fans, you know, one of their big reasons that they subscribe to the network is because of NXT. Like, I think it's one of those programs that may not do massive numbers, but it certainly does consistent numbers and as a reason to stay signed up.
1: Uh, yeah, and I I, I I, wasn't one of the people who signed up for NXT. I signed up for more for the pay-per-views and, and NXT kind of dragged me in. So I... I started watching NXT uh, just before the Toronto show, so the the I guess it would have been a takeover Brooklyn, uh, the one with Oscar and uh, Bailey. Yeah, and that's and, and to bring up that match in particular, that match got me interested in women's wrestling.
0: Oh wow, uh, So that was like the catalyst.
1: Yeah, that was because uh, I used to like I almost even fast forwarded through that because I think I recorded that that uh that one it was like because i'm i was more from coming through the attitude area and all that and the divas it's like it's just it was all like just titillation and
0: didn't really care it it was was
1: just yeah it's like okay i can see that other places the wrestling was boring it wasn't very good so you just kind of it was like fast forward through this yeah of course nothing interesting is going to happen but i watched that and went Oh my god like this is <laughs> this is legit now it's they're they're actually wrestling they're actually like and it was good it was really good that's a that was a incredible match
0: Oh yeah I mean I think a so, lot of those a lot of those you know if you kind of follow the evolution pardon my pardon my wording from like yeah. Sasha Banks Bailey Oscar uh, Ember Moon I'd put in there as well Charlotte you know uh, uh, Paige as too you know all of those you know women down in NXT kind of I think they rewrote the rule book for WWE and then obviously it slowly Made its way onto the main roster. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it, it took a long, long while. So, and also because, you know, it's that classic boy who cried wolf. Because you've been presented with that for so long, of course you're going to see a women's match and go, well, I don't need to watch this. What's the point? I know yeah. what I'm going to get. And if you don't like it, which, you know, a lot of people didn't, then yeah, it, there, there is no reason to tune in. But I think that's a, really, that's a really interesting point because that goes to show how important NXT can be because it completely rewrote kind of your brain about what right. to expect from we'll call it non-male wrestling, I guess, because WWE predominantly has always been that focused.
1: Yeah. Yeah. As far as actual, like, legitimate wrestling matches, it, it was, it was all male. And then the, the females would do, like, bikini contests and, putting matches and all kinds of, like, just <laughs> Roll around nonsense.
0: Uh, to this day, I watch, I watch a lot of the action stuff now for, for work and my own personal times. And honestly, some of the stuff you see, not just with the women, but with a lot of stuff, it's just unbelievable. And you kind of watch it now, and I don't know, maybe it's because you can never, you, you know, you could never appreciate any time period without actually being in that time period. I mean, Dave Meltzer subbed this up the best where he goes, it doesn't matter what kind of star ratings I gave to a match in 1975 because I can't go back and watch it under the guise of 1975 because it's not 1975. And so right. much has changed. That's what your brain does. It's like video games, right? If you go back and play an N64 game now, all those things that you thought ran really smoothly, they don't. They run like they barely work because we're used to smoother frame rates. And it's the same with wrestling as well. However, obviously, the glorious of wrestling is that you can rewrite those rules, but you just have to be aware of it. Um, So it sounds like you've been watching wrestling a while. I mean, how long have you been watching it? And as always, my my favorite question, what got you into it?
1: Uh, I've been watching wrestling for as long as I can remember.
0: Yeah, I know that feeling. (laughs) It's both good and bad.
1: Yeah, I, I did send you. So the first live match that I went to was Abdullah the Butcher.
0: Oh right right so we're going way back in time
1: in a, in a cage and this was uh, this would have been the, the probably the late seventies
0: Wow, nice dude I like yeah. it retro content
1: yeah yeah so uh yeah I, I I don't even know how old I was, but I wasn't old enough to see an Abdullah the butcher match so <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> I don't and, think anybody is yeah and I'm not su- even sure who the opponent was i I think just looking back now. It might have been the original Sheik, because I think they were feuding. They were kind of doing the, the tour around that time. Yeah. They kind of went town to town and just carved each other up, literally. And yeah, yeah that's what they did. Cage match, and, and that's basically the only thing I remember from that show is kind of seeing a guy's face against a cage and a steel fork or whatever. <laughs> and yeah, it was,
0: yeah. Wrestling is so weird. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what, yeah, what, so, uh, what, what show was? That? Was that NWA? No. What would it have been? What show would it have been?
1: Oh, it was probably just a like. It might have even been pushed by a by a like a local. Okay. Right. a uh, local group. Yeah. So so after that, like as I as I got older, so in ten, eleven, twelve, uh they used to have a with the the city I lived, in, I used to live in Sudbury, which is about four hours north of here. uh we used to have a wrestling show every month that would come through live. And it was uh, based on this TV show called International Wrestling. And it was, uh, I think they were out of Montreal. And it might have been the Burritos or it could have been the Rougeos who ran that that particular territory. Yeah. But, like, some of the names that we used to see is, like, the, the Rougeau brothers. So Jacques, Raymond... Armand, who you may or may not even I, know.
0: I, 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 I know about Armand, yeah. Mo- mostly, yeah. not at the time, I certainly didn't, but it's mostly through going through archives and just, you know, researching footage and stuff like that. You just come across this stuff.
1: Right. And then there was like Dino Bravo, Rick Martel, Tom Zink. Uh,
0: now, Tom Zink, who was meant to be the second coming, but never uh, never, never, lived up to his potential.
1: The, the dropkick. He used to do a dropkick off the... the so he'd have the guy on his shoulders, and he dropkick that guy. Like... like standing not not like a missile drop kick a standing drop kick off a another guy's shoulders or like in the electric chair is yeah, just yeah, yeah. unbelievable uh, yeah so that's that that was kind of the core group uh of our local wrestling show so we used to see them like every month that's, pretty uh, that,
0: I, that's a pretty cool way to get into it
1: yeah so that was and that was uh, i guess just as the the 80s wrestling boom started so that was like the mid mid to late eighties, I guess from about like eighty five to about eighty eight. Yeah. Somewhere in there. So during so those that... guys were kind of AWA, some of the guys that come from and kind of crossover between the two. But
0: yeah. So during that time as well, obviously you're seeing the rise of the WWF. I mean, that is when it all, you know, started to kick off really. I know there were things going on before then. So, yeah. you know, I, I, what what's what your opinion when you kind of I mean, I, I use these words, but obviously they're, they're not necessarily the right words to use. But you're seeing the death of the territories, and you're seeing WWF rise with Hulk Hogan and WrestleMania. I mean, as a wrestling fan who's obviously grown up with, you know, the quote-unquote, you know, smoky venues and <laughs> all that yeah. nonsense. Like, do, do you think they're crazy? Do you believe in what they're doing? Do you want to watch it? Do you have access to it? Like, how, how does it... Because I imagine that Toronto, or around the area... Or even where you were, sort of four hours up the road, that's always been somewhat of a of a good, you know, area for WWE, or at least a popular one.
1: Well, it, yeah, Toronto used to have uh, uh, WWE at uh, at the Maple Leaf Gardens. Yeah, it was a huge stop for them. Uh, but I, I, I never came down, and 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 like WWF at the time was was kind. As a kid, I remember WWF being the fake stuff, but the stuff I was watching <laughs> was the real stuff.
0: Loads of people say that it's it's fascinating. That's
1: yeah. it's the best thing
0: about having these conversations with people that actually got to experience it because now, quote unquote, it's all fake. But there yeah, was a yeah. time where it's like, oh no, that's that WWF stuff. No one cares. I love it. I love. I love that. That was the perception of everything.
1: Yeah, that was uh, that was our perception as as kids, and like the the Road Warriors were absolutely huge at that at that point. They came just one time. They came to a to the Sudbury arena and sold the place out. Amazing. And they didn't even have a match. They ended up showing up late, no makeup and just came up, beat up the heels <laughs> cheered. And everybody went home happy. It was like three minutes long. It did, was they, did they crazy. get,
0: did they get a road warrior pop?
1: Oh yeah. They got like <laughs> huge because it was, it basically came over the, over the, the sound system that they, they couldn't make it blah, blah, blah. And then, so the heels were in the ring and some other faces came out to kind of confront them and, and then they were they were getting beat up, and then the Road Warriors came and made the save, and yeah. the crowd went crazy. So, I don't know if that was kind of planned or if it was one of those things where they actually didn't show up on time, and they just kind of booked us on the fly. No idea, <laughs> but it was it was pretty cool.
0: Yeah. So so when so when, this, this kind of focuses. So when you hear about WrestleMania, you know the shows that the, the show to you know I don't know to take over all shows. Like, do you think that Vince Mann is crazy? I mean, you know. Because at the time it wasn't like people weren't doing big shows, you know, like Starcade, what nineteen eighty two, I think Starcade for Starcade one or whatever you want to call it happened, and that was always considered a big deal. Was it that? Am I I going too early? I can't remember when the hell first Starcade was.
1: Yeah. So yeah, Starcade was eighty three. Eighty three. And I was yeah, I was about ten. But um, so the NWA up here was non-existent in Canada uh so the only thing i knew about rick flair is what i read in like i guess what you'd call the after mags
0: oh yeah, uh, we used to get a few over yeah. here as well which was nuts now looking back how they ever made it over here, i don't know but hidden yeah. away in wh smith which is a tiny tiny shop in terms of I mean, speaking of the uk but it's never really you know it's just, it, you, you could find mags hidden away which i always found fascinating
1: yeah so that 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 was our exposure to to nwa so and and they would have their ratings and whatever. And Ric Flair was always number one. And Hogan was always number two. <laughs> of course. And it's like, I don't know who this Ric Flair person really is. Like, cause I I know who he is based on the picture, but I've never actually seen him yeah. do anything until he showed up in 91 know, on WWE TV. But yeah, like the WCW and NWA didn't really come up here too much until, I guess, until like kind of the mid-90s. I Probably Nitro was when they when they broke through and came onto uh onto proper cable here.
0: And so what's your first I mean we're going off a bit off peace yeah, yeah. but that's that's why I like these conversations because they just bring up so many fascinating points. <laughs> but so w, so you're a WWF guy really if you know in terms of the WWF versus WCW then Nitro breaks onto the television and obviously from 96 to pretty much you know for a couple of years it's it's great and everybody loves it and I've always said this. I've always been a WWE guy, but even I attest to you know hearing about things that are happening on WCW and in ad breaks on Raw, jumping over to Nitro and struggling to turn back because so I'm like, well, what's going to happen? You know, and that's why wrestling was so was so much to be a fan. But it's kind of different over here because England was definitely a WWE. Maybe it wasn't so much because WWE was on Sky, whereas WCW was on sort of terrestrial TV, which anybody could get. So when right. it when eventually it does seep into Canada, how do you respond to it? I, I, do you like the change or is it just kind of a bit like a whirlwind? It it was on two different days. Oh really? So we got oh, you lucky yeah. Man. So we got
1: we got the raw show on Monday and I think WCW was on like Wednesday.
0: That's bizarre. So it was taped and then aired live yeah. a few days later. What yeah. What is so that we, about?
1: Yeah. So we didn't see the we didn't see the head to head live. Uh, during that time, so did you watch both? Then did you just
0: watch both casually? You know, like, I don't care, man. Yeah, I, so I get I watched... too... <laughs> that's
1: great. Yeah, so so I I kind of took uh, a wrestling break probably after Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, uh, the the first, like the WrestleMania match. Yeah, uh, I was probably like didn't focus as watch as much uh, TV until. Kind of nitro came, uh, not nit- nitro. Uh, thunder started. Oh man! Because <laughs> <And>, <laughs> I, never I used to, that. Yeah, I used to work on a uh, in a taxi company, so and I was going to college. So, and in doing that, I was staying up all night, and then Thunder was on on Sunday nights on some channel. So I'd watch two hours of Thunder because I couldn't sleep, and it was on at like midnight or something or eleven o'clock at night, and it was just. So I was kind of following it. Uh, that's kind of where I came back in and started following it there and then following some of the websites and stuff like that so, so.
0: Why, why did you stop after Sean Brett and why did why did you come back I mean what was the um the, you just done with wrestling just needed a break
1: no it was it, uh, I think at, uh, around that time I, I moved out of my parents house so I didn't have cable so it's it's it wasn't like uh yeah it wasn't like oh this this sucks and I'm not interested even though it kind of Mid 90s WWE kind of sucked, but <laughs> <laughs> no, it did. I think
0: you know, everyone had to have an occupation. It was, yeah, it was the weirdness. had a job. You're definitely. not allowed to be a wrestler unless you had a job on the side, it made no sense whatsoever.
1: Yeah, yeah, the
0: money they made, they didn't need extra jobs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
1: <laughs> that would have made more sense in the 70s when the guys were probably weren't paid as well. well yeah, but exactly, have, no, have a it, second job,
0: <laughs> it, it, just, it just made no sense. So, was it kind of just you got the itch again and you're like, man, I really want to really watch wrestling again.
1: Well, yeah, then uh, Thunder was on a channel that I had, so I started following it that way. And then I started uh, looking on the internet and following some of the online websites and kind of seeing what was going on. And then, and then I, I eventually got to, like TSN back, so then I started watching Raw. I think the Raw I came back on was the, I think it was just the post-WrestleMania uh, uh, post 14.
0: Oh wow! So basically, the rise of Stone Cold Steve, even the rise, the the crowning yeah, yeah. of Stone Cold Steve Austin, just yeah. the,
1: the the crowning and the and the the flip over for DX. And I I remember I, I may have watched some stuff kind of previous and in and out, but it wasn't like a it wasn't like every day. And then it was, and then around that time when I'd uh, come home, I was I was doing some work and stuff, and WCW was on Wednesdays, and I think it started like four five in the afternoon or something on Wednesdays. I used to rush home to, to watch Nitro because I was, like, really into Nitro and, and stuff at that time. So I was I was watching both shows. Yeah. And, like, that was kind of during the rise of Goldberg. I loved Goldberg back in the day.
0: Oh, man, me too. I mean, oh. I, I don't know how you could I – mean, I'm pretty uh, sort of tangent as well. That's why I can't yeah. understand so many people these days. Like, when, say, Oscar, she comes into onto the main roster or, or somebody new joins – and so many people say, well, they can't just come on and beat everybody. That wouldn't work. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, one of the best pushes and best arrivals in history was a guy that I think even he himself, my dad, obviously, would come out yes. and say, I wasn't the best worker in the world. I wasn't the best wrestler in the world. But I had a an idea that was, you know, put all the weight in the world behind. And it worked. And that's yeah. what that's what I never understand. Like, Especially when Oscar came up to the main roster and she was kind of booked... You know, she was the the heel. Uh, sorry, the face that had to, you know, sail for the heel a bit. And was like, well, that's how it has to be. And I was like, no, it's not. If you want her to come in and just run through everyone, I tell you, she's gonna get over well quickly because I saw it happen in the late nineties, and it's still one of the best things I've ever seen. It made me want to watch him,
1: and it made me think that is one cool ass man. Yeah, he used to just come out, kick somebody's ass, and leave. It was like, it was it was really great. And uh, uh, my favorite uh, Oscar was. Was towards her, the end of her NXT run when she was getting close to getting beat, but she managed to pull it out and she was like cocky, Oscar. Yeah, oh, I tell like, you, yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm the champion, and she just throw it in your face, and it's like oh, I love Oscar, but I I so want you to get your ass kicked. <laughs> exactly, <but laughs> that's, that, what, that's what needs to build to. And it was a good evolution of that character too,
0: because yeah. she was that good. It's kind of like what they're doing with Johnny Gargano with NXT, but in reverse like he made yeah. so many mistakes now the crowd has started to turn on him in a completely organic way i hate that word but it works it was the yeah. same it, it was the same with oscar as well it was like well she's gotten so good of course she's going to get a bit arrogant because you know she's how would you not do you know what i mean in that environment she's beating everybody no one can beat her she she wins matches really quickly you know yeah. i of course she's going to get a bit of a chip on her shoulder and I, I I like that kind of character development. I think that to me is the good kind of shades of gray as opposed yeah. to this. We don't know how to book people to get booed or cheered, so we'll just call it shades of gray. That's true shades of gray where you see a character evolve and change and yeah you know you know make a difference so i mean i'm getting I'm yeah. getting the idea that you really enjoy the action era as as a lot of us did, and um, but I have talked to a lot of people that sort of grew up on what were called old school wrestling for lack of a better term. It's a terrible term who struggled yeah. with the attitude era because obviously all the rules went out the window matches were just slug fests. You know, you had a character that was a porn star. Like it, it took kind <laughs> of, it took, it took the idea of what wrestling was and basically said, well, let's just go nuts with it. And that, to many, much like we're experiencing today, right? As Joey Ryan comes out with Penis Druids, a lot of people are like Jim Cornette is one who's like, I cannot accept what pro wrestling has become because it's not what I grew up on. and It's not what I want to see. Um, but it kind of sounds like you were cool with the Attitude Era. Oh yeah,
1: yeah, I was. I was cool with the Attitude Era, and and I think I think uh, a lot of that with uh, especially with WWE that the 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 main event scene. The, were the best wrestlers in the company as well. I can't. I can't think of too many outside of like. So you had Stone Cold, you had The Rock, you had Triple H a little bit later, and then you had uh, the Undertaker. That would be kind of the core four guys. Mick Foley would be the fifth. Like, who else on that roster was the pe- person that people were clamoring for that should have been a main eventer?
0: No, you're right, man. You're right. I think what WWE did really. Well, it's been said before, like. And I totally agree with a lot of the criticisms that have been thrown against him. But Vince Russo's you know, greatest asset to WWE during that time was making sure that everybody had a story. And because yeah. everybody had a story, I have great memories of Val Venus, D'Lo Brown, Mark Henry, uh, Road Dog, Billy Gunn, The Godfather, Do you know what I mean? all of them, because they were always involved in something. But really, if you took that away from them, you're 100% correct. Whereas if you looked across the other way, maybe they had a better array of, or a better pool of talent, right? Like Their wrestlers were better sort of man for man.
1: Uh, yeah, I would say, and, but WCW's best wrestlers were all mid-cart guys.
0: Yeah, they didn't have a stone cold, they didn't have a, a rock, or at least not one that was evolving at that time. Because, like, no. uh, again, it, we were going over our ground here, but I think it's worth saying, because Hulk Hogan was a draw. Of course he was, he's Hulk Hogan. But we should have been moving him to one side and building everything else, and we didn't. Right. So... That, that that is i mean that really really is wcw's worst problem especially now when you look back is that they brought in all these guys that were absolutely stars you know, Matt yeah. Hulk Hogan, Kevin Ash, Scott Hall, you know, all these dudes. And yet nothing changed in like five years at the company, which is absolutely... I mean, I, you know, the Roman Reigns things now, which we're going to talk about, but the Roman yeah. Reigns thing now is kind of similar to that, but that's an anomaly within it itself because at least he was brought in as a star. This would be the equivalent of like Triple H still being on top now, but that's a whole other conversation we don't need to get into.
1: Yeah. No, and uh, like when you, when you talk about old school... And what I remember watching growing up because it was like Saturday uh, wrestling shows and and all that like so I watched AWA and our, what we call their international wrestling uh, so they had a, a certain feel to it and when ECW broke through on TNN and I watched that first show that was a nostalgia kick for me that was like that's what I used to watch it it was it was like not as slick as WCW and WWE the wrestling was amazing that that first TNA show just just blew me away and then so I got into ECW as well at that time and unfortunately I was close to the end but it was still pretty uh, it was still pretty good stuff so like the Rob Van Dam Jerry Lynn match that uh, that was amazing it was like the best thing I'd seen in in forever
0: oh man yeah I mean I remember when I saw Jerry Lynn stood in in the in the in the in the ring for all in last week I remember thinking to myself you know he's he was 10 years too early like if he was yeah. if he was doing what he was doing you know back back then now I think he would have been one of the you know guys at the forefront of all of it because he really was you know pivotal in you know not, I'm going to say perfecting that style, but certainly advertising that style and being a proponent of that style. And like, like you say, a lot of the stuff he did in ECW, a lot of stuff, you know, if you take away the violence and the hardcore nature, and a lot of it is hard to watch today, but there are yeah. some superb matches in ECW. And I was actually listening to I think it was a podcast or an interview the other day where you know there was a big conversation in the late nineties about you know is W is wrestling oversaturated? I think it was just when SmackDown was about to start, and Paul Heyman was all like, "Well, it's not saturated for me because I concentrate <laughs> on my in-ring product, whereas those other guys are focusing on all these other." things and I think there is a certain truth to that. Like you know, when once w, WWE and WCW started borrowing or stealing, which we look at it, what ECW's USP was, they did start focusing on what the in-wing product, and then they, you know, that just evolved into what we have today, really, and that just kind of goes, it's weird, like, WWE is the last one standing, but Nitro kind of wrote the rules for what we expect from our weekly TV shows today, ECW kind of wrote the feel, and WWE succeeded, I mean, it's just, it's a fascinating story from top to bottom.
1: Yeah. You you borrow from this guy, you borrow from that guy, you put in a little bit of your own pizzazz, and that's what you end up with. Yeah.
0: No, no, no. So I,
1: like, I, think, I think the in-ring product right now and like the talent level is, is probably as good as it's been in the last 15 years.
0: Yeah, I think it's better. I think within WWE, and I know there's been a, a, a change sort of outside of WWE which has influenced that, but yeah, I, I can't remember a time when a roster, man for man again, is that what term again, but it's true, has yeah. been this good in, in the sense that you can put Seth Rollins out there with pretty much 90% of the roster and he'll have a pretty damn good match, whereas, yeah, 15, 20 years ago, that wouldn't necessarily have been the case.
1: Yeah, I, w- I would say it's it's comparable to, uh, to like two thousand, two thousand, or two thousand two, two thousand three, when I guess when the radicals came over and the WCW came over and they kind of had this real overflow of of talent, of like really good wrestlers then, and that that it's and to say that today is probably better. It, I guess if I went back and looked, you, today is probably better top to bottom. Yeah. Like the, the, just the the individual skills that these guys have today compared to that.
0: I think so. I I think especially because, you know, again, Roman Reigns, our friend. He's not a bad yeah. professional wrestler, you know, by any sense of the imagination.
1: <laughs> he's he's actually really good.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, he is. And But, you know, back in the day, the reason a lot of people turned on Hulk Hogan was because he did the same shtick. Now, yeah. Roman Reigns does the same shtick in the sense that all wrestlers do the same shtick. But people don't like him because of the atmosphere around him, not because of what he brings to the table as a professional wrestler necessarily. If he was in a different right. position, I don't think anybody would mind him at all and that kind of represents a shift in 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 thoughts as well because you know when guys used to get pushed at the top of the card that the fans didn't think they deserved it it was because they were rubbish you know that was the that was the that was the grief so this guy can't this guy can't do a good match so what so what are we doing here roman reigns has proven he can do a good match and yet it is just fascinating like especially for someone like yourself that has seen you know 30 years plus yeah. of professional wrestling and what do you think of today's... Pro- Obviously, we mentioned the in-ring talent, but what do you think of today's product in the sense that there's three hours of Raw, two hours of SmackDown, a pay-per-view that now really, if we're being honest, is not as important as it used to be. You know, Raw and SmackDown are the, are, are the golden gooses because they're the, they're the things that make all the money. And the WWE Network... Well, I respect it massively, what they've tried to do, it still feels to me like a safety net. Like we haven't got there with streaming yet. I think we will one day and then yeah. WW will prosper because they've taken all the steps now and they'll be in the right place if that does explode. I mean, you never know, but it certainly seems like it will. But yeah, because of that, pay-per-views and main events are almost just ways to get you enticed to watch Raw again. And that is obviously completely backwards to what we were used to in the past.
1: It- yeah, uh, the only thing is, is, is that on TV you generally don't see title changes on the, that especially is, the, very the good big point, titles. Actually,
0: yes, that's true. That's very true. So,
1: so they do build to the to the big matches on the on the pay per views. Uh, but yeah, I, I see the the weekly television being kind of the driver of everything. I, I I've been thinking about this, and and I think that, and because you got so much talent that's even not being used and they've got so much TV time and there's still there's still lots of guys who and and the girls who don't get on TV. It's like I, I don't know if they can start we instead of building to a single pay-per-view, you kind of build stories over time and and it culminates at whatever pay-per-view it makes sense. So instead of building just to Hell in the Cell this weekend for 3 weeks, you're building other and they're kind of doing it with the Triple H uh, Undertaker thing where they're building to that, that super show simultaneously. Yeah,
0: I, I, that, so that is, that, I, I, that is something I always still find weird, uh, you know, because it used to be so focused, right? Yeah. That, it used to be, right, we're building to this, but now we've got the Australian show, we've got Hell in a Cell, which we'll, we'll talk about in one sec, um what the hell else is going to be? something else they put pre- god oh, we've got the may young classic uh, they also and they've also got the evolution con- exactly evolution the saudi arabia show which i know is kind of not really in there but you still hear a lot about it so it still counts it still you know takes up a part of your brain that maybe you hadn't yeah. reserved for yeah, for wrestling stuff so yeah i, I it's I, I, we live in that world right we live in a social media world where they want to just chuck as much stuff as possible and hope some of it sticks And then We mentioned Hell in a Cell as well, and you'd mentioned beforehand that you wanted to talk about blood and chair shots in WWE, um, and how that ties into a a, a pay-per-view like Hell in a Cell, and I thought that was really fascinating, because that's a conversation that comes up a lot as well. How do you pull off a Hell in a Cell match? Because my favourite Hell in a Cell match, I mean, the one that I'll always show people is the Mankind Undertaker one, but my favourite is Undertaker and Shawn Michaels from Bad Blood, 1997. Because I just think in terms of a wrestling match, that was just amazing. Whereas Foley Taker is more like a car crash. An amazing car crash, but a car crash. But you know, every single one of them had blood and chair shots. Every one. And now, I think... Don't get me wrong. I'm the first to say that the health of wrestlers is my most important thing. To the point, and I get a lot of heat for this online, I don't care. I don't even mind if they want to stop matches halfway through. If it means that the wrestlers are okay, that's the most important thing to me. However... It's completely fair to say at the same time that I've never invested in a Hell in a Cell match as much since all that stuff went away because really it's just another match with some metal around it. That's what a Hell well, in a Cell is.
1: Yeah, and, and so yeah, and I agree with you on the on the safety part, uh, like with the especially like a head chair shots. I, I just find that the chair shots now don't make any sense in the context of the WWE universe in a in a in a, in a Okay we'll call it in the in the universe wrestling is a sport it's a competitive thing it's not a, within if you take it it's like a, in a Marvel movie or whatever they're actually fighting it's real in that context so when you could take somebody's head and smash it into a turnbuckle and smash them into a ring post and, and all that but when you pick up a chair you have to wait till that guy turns around to hit him in the back it kind of looks it looks silly and it doesn't make sense in the context of everything else that's going on. So I'd like them to kind of not do chair shots anymore because it, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense. No, I
0: don't know what you mean no, I, I, I yeah. think, I think it's just, cause the problem is if you've got a still chair, why would you hit somebody in the back?
1: Yeah, <laughs> It's like, yeah. that's not what you would do. If, if I'm going to get disqualified and I just hate that person, I, why uh, just wallop them right in the face?
0: Exactly, it, yeah, exactly in the context
1: of, of that sport as opposed to I in reality we know why headshots are are just a, <laughs> a really bad idea and it, and it, it kind of is the same thing with the with the whole blood thing it's because they like they're gonna build up hell in a cell as it tears flesh and it's unforgiving and all that stuff but what actually happens in the hell in a cells now is none of that stuff not- so I'd like to, I'd almost like to see like Hell in a Cell go away, Extreme Rules go away, like that kind of stuff just doesn't it doesn't make sense anymore because you you can't deliver on the things that you're promoting, and I, I, don't, I don't want to see wrestlers carve their their faces up just to to entertain me and and that kind of thing. Like I, I get sometimes that that blood makes brings up the like Soul Kill, Steve Austin, Bret Hart match without the blood still a great match but that that image isn't uh, plastered on tv 20 years later
0: no no absolutely not no yeah. I, I think the biggest problem i have with all that stuff today i say problem i can live with it like it doesn't bother me too much yeah. but is the fact that we have a pay-per-view called hell in a Cell. I mean, right. that's, that is so preposterous so in terms of storytelling within wrestling. Because obviously, again, we've mentioned two matches. The whole reason Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker were locked in a cell is because Shawn Michaels kept finding ways out to screw over The Undertaker. So The Undertaker went, all right, we're well, now going to put you in a big cell. You can't screw me over. You know, you, you were trapped. You know, that, that was the point. And it was the same with, I mean, loads of ones I can think of. The cell was there to keep two people in. And that did get watered down over the years. Of course it did. But the problem today... Is that it's an event, so you know that four to six weeks before that something is going to happen to try and build to a Hell in a Cell match because you're actively told, and that yeah, you know I don't mind Jeff Hardy versus Randy Orton in Hell in a Cell because again I think Jeff Jeff Hardy has always wanted that match and I I think that he'll he'll do well in that match and you know and all these kind of things, but. It does take something away from it when you already know. It just does. Yeah. It just, it, it just re- really does. For better or worse, and I, I, I'll be the first to admit that maybe that's getting a bit too finickety with wrestling. But sometimes when you know, people promoting wrestling matches get too finickety, you know, it, it, it makes it better. Because yeah. that's just how life works. If, if other people take it seriously, so will I.
1: Well, at, but this year's Hell in a Cell, it looks like they're billing to potentially four Hell in a Cell matches. Becky Charlotte could go into hell in a cell. It makes sense. Yep. Yeah. Uh, AJ Styles and and Smojo. Yep. Makes perfect sense in, the, in a cell. And so does Roman Reigns and and uh, Braun Strowman. Yeah, because the Shield have
0: uh, kept attacking, and now you got Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler as a problem.
1: Yeah. So so I want to uh, segue into something on on that, and I think it's a a, a booking thing. So when we get the the heels. I, I think the way that the the heels are booked now is it's not based on what they do, it's based on who they do it to. So the only reason Braun Strowman's a heel is because he he and uh, and, uh, Ziggler and uh, they, they attack Roman Reigns. So Roman Reigns is a good guy, so whatever the bad guy does against Roman Reigns is, even though they're completely justified because the Shield attacked Braun Strowman the week before, how is he not the Good guy. I,
0: I, 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 I've been asking myself this for two weeks. Like, yeah. all,
1: all Braun Strowman
0: did is go, uh, I need some backup. <laughs> and yeah. That makes him a bad guy. And the thing I hate about all... He- i sorry, I'll let you get back in a minute, but yeah. just quickly, the thing I hate about heel turns the most is as soon as you turn someone heel, they have to insult the fans. It's so ridiculous. You don't need to do that right. every time. Like, if there's a reason to do it, like The Rock did, made perfect sense because they were telling him to go die. You know, yeah, that, yeah. that made sense. But now it's almost a prerequisite. Oh, I've turned heel, therefore I'll say... Back- I hate all that. I think it's ridiculous. Anyway, you go yeah, on. Yeah, like... Point.
1: Yeah, like uh, well, Becky Lynch, Charlotte is the same thing. The only reason Becky Lynch is is pushed as a heel is because she attacked Charlotte, who was supposed to be the face. Even though Charlotte did all the kind of put herself into the SummerSlam match she didn't belong in, and Becky's completely justified in, in everything that she's done, and probably that's why she's getting the big cheers. It's because there's there's no reason to boo her. She's not she didn't do anything wrong. No? As a heel, and the heels used to do the bad things. Now it just matter it it matters who they do it to, not what they actually do.
0: Yeah, you're right. No, you're you're 100 right. And it's um, it's a bizarre way to be. Yeah. In terms of what the, the stories that we're trying to tell and and all that kind of stuff. Well, maybe it's not. Maybe it's just a, a different era. I don't know. But it certainly doesn't yeah. work. It certainly doesn't maybe work as as well as it as it once did.
1: And- yeah. It, it, same thing. It it goes back to even like Shane and. uh kevin owens and, and Sami Zayn, i don't see how shane was the good guy in that other than shane's supposed to be the good guy because he was doing all the bad stuff to these guys who you should start feeling sympathy for kevin owens and Sami Zayn. it, it should have been the other way around
0: yeah no i mean it, yeah, but, it, yeah. it, uh, this is the, this is the whole shades of gray thing i think that they yeah that they, they try and, and push but i don't necessarily think it works as well as they, they hope it hope it would Right. Um, and on this topic as well because I know you wanted to mention this as well and I think it all ties in it's because I would say wrestling is so open these days and it's such just like an open book and you know we all know what's going on and and fans aren't really happy to just go along with what they're being sold anymore which certainly was the point at one time like you know you would be told this is the good guy, the bad guy and fans would cheer or boo uh, depending on that but now the fans I think or at least at some shows see themselves as part of it And they will say whatever they want, they'll do whatever you want. And as you mentioned to me uh, before we started recording, you know, the hijacking of shows is something that can be a problem in modern-day pro wrestling because yes. I think my, my biggest worry with it is if you're a brand-new watcher of pro wrestling, and it's hard enough to get into it today anyway. Like I always think this when I watch WWE. They don't necessarily do a great job in letting you know what's going on, or they don't find the balance between not insulting people that have been watching it a long time, but also ensuring they're catering for people that haven't been watching it. So right. if, if you get in, all of a sudden you hear CM Punk chants, for example. Well, then you've got oh. a whole world... Like, well, who is CM Punk? He's not in the ring. Imagine I mean, if you've got someone next to you, great, they can explain it. But otherwise, who is CM Punk? Then you've got to go look up CM Punk. Then you've got reams of stuff to go through. Then you're going to find out something about a lawsuit and you're probably just going to go, well, screw this. This doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So I don't... I, I don't it's, it's, it's difficult and yet it's something that I don't hate entirely because again, if you, I, I, totally, I totally agree with the fact if you've paid your money for a ticket and you want to go down there and say whatever you want... I don't see how anyone can argue that's not fine. It may not make for a good atmosphere, and it may not hate the product, and it may not help the entertaining side of things, but I still don't think it's wrong, if that makes sense. I dislike it, but I don't think it's wrong.
1: Yeah, I think it's a a little bit of disrespect to the other people watching, because not everybody's participating, and not everybody... like Some people are buying Roman Reigns stuff. He's the (laughs) highest seller in the company, so... Well, I mean, there's there's fans out there for for this person, so
0: yeah, and I would I'm, say that as much as people yeah. don't like hearing it, I mean Roman Reigns does sell more merchandise than Bullet Club merchandise. That's just a fact. <laughs> like, yeah, it's just true. But I, I get it. Yes, you can say yes, but he's on a bigger stage. Yeah, but it's still true. So it's like yeah. you know, there you go. I,
1: I thought it was I thought it was funny when you mentioned on the uh, from the All In show that everybody did the ooh ah uh, thing when everybody called Cavana ah. Uh, it's Everybody, like, you, guys, you like, guys are the
0: worst. Yeah, you, I mean that. That again, you do whatever you want, but that made yeah. me go, "I really, really, really? Like, are you kidding me?" But hey, that's <laughs> wrestling, man. That's why it's beautiful. Yeah. But um, I mean, what would you do though? I mean, do you think there's a way to
1: we'll call it hijacking shows? Do you think there's a way to stop that? Because I don't really think there is. I yeah, there's. I I know how I do it. How I handle it at home. I turn the volume off. <laughs>
0: Oh yeah, no, that's true. So I
1: wa- I watched uh, Roman Reigns, Bobby Lashley. And I just turned the volume off. It was a good match, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I just it. I just couldn't I just couldn't take it anymore. It's like people doing the wave and all that. It's like, come on. Like uh, I get it, you're upset, but it this is <laughs> it's still pretty good wrestling. What this we- isn't like Hogan, Kevin Nash having a a terrible match in the in the late nineties.
0: No, I mean, it's, it's, it's completely different to that, really, isn't it? I yeah. Mean, I don't know. I, I, the, the, the whole thing is it's fascinating to me. Like, I do find it fascinating. I always call it a science experiment in the sense that I think one day we're going to look back on all of this and, yeah, just be amazed by sort of the shift that we've gone through. In many ways, right. it's a bit like when TVs went from standard definition to HD definition. And ever since right. HD, people keep trying to iterate on it but realize they can't because the jump, the jump to HD was too much. You know, right. four four K, know HD to four K wasn't the same, and the, the whole three D revolution wasn't the same. Um, yeah, I I I don't know. I think this just maybe this is just the format of of professional wrestling for now.
1: Yeah, I I think so. I I've got Brad here, and uh, since we're talking about Roman Reigns, do you want to talk to him for a couple of minutes? I
0: absolutely Get do. And just for people' perspective, Brad, okay. is Dan's ten year old son, and Dan has been <laughs> kind enough to say we could talk to him. i want Hey Brad, how you doing? Good. Good, well look, firstly I want to thank you very much for your time coming on Simon's Pro Wrestling Podcast. Now, the reason I wanted to talk to you is because, I mean, you watch professional wrestling, correct? Uh, yeah, sometimes. Sometimes, (laughs) that's the best answer ever. But you do, and I I would like your perspective... Uh, Or your how do you basically how do you feel about Roman Reigns? Because as I'm sure you know, Roman Reigns gets treated very meanly by a lot of the of the adult audience of the crowd. But as I've always said, wrestling is really aimed at more people like you, good self. So Roman Reigns, are you a fan? Do you like him? Do you not like him? What do you think of the man? Uh, I sort of like him. I don't. I don't hate him. Sometimes I just don't like the actions he does. In what sense? What does he do that you don't like? A lot of things. <laughs> so, who do you like on the roster then? When you sit down to watch Raw or SmackDown, who are the people that stand out for you? And you know, who do you want to cheer for? Who do you want to see do well? I like Brock Lesnar. Uh, you're my, pretty good. You're my favorite person ever, Brad. Why? What is it? Because of the way he looks, or what? 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 Why does Brock Lesnar get you? Do you like how big he is? Sort of. Do you like how he destroys people? He's strong, exactly. Is he someone that you look at and go, I'd like to be like that one day? Yes. Yes, exactly. This is D. I like you, Brad. Because this is how I used to be when I watched wrestling as a kid. I used to look up to the guys that look big and monstrous. And I'd like to be that one day. And I would guess that Brock Lesnar, what do you do do you do what about people like Braun Strowman, for example? He's a big dude. How do you feel about Braun Strowman? Scary. Scary. See, this is good. These are the thick So would you if you saw if you went to a wrestling event live, would you cheer Braun Strowman? Or would you boo him? I would boo him. Nice. and that's because you want because you're scared of him, right? So you want him to lose. Yeah. I like this. I like this, Brad. Who is your favorite wrestler ever? Finn Balor. I knew you could say. I knew you were going to say that. Obviously, that goes against the. What it, do you just like the way he looks? Do you like his face? Do you just think he's a nice guy? I like the demon. The demon. Do you get a bit upset that WWE doesn't really allow him to be the demon all the time? Yeah, a little. Yeah, it sucks, doesn't it? It'd be much better if he was the. Because the demon is more interesting. No offense to Finn Balor, but the demon is more interesting, right? Yeah. I agree. I agree. Well, thank you very much for your time, Brad. I appreciate it. You're welcome. I'll talk to your dad again for a little bit. I'm (laughs) back. That was brilliant, dude. That was brilliant. (laughs) That makes me so happy. Like, when you hear, you know, I don't like Braun Strowman because I'm scared of him, I like Brock Lesnar because he's really big. And I, I like Finn Balaker sometimes he's the demon. That's all you yeah. need. That's all. you yeah. need. that that's wrestling. And don't get me wrong; I completely understand that there's a, 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 a community and a and a I can't think of the right word, but you know, it's fun to moan about wrestling. I completely understand that. But I think sometimes we do go a bit too over the line because, as as Brad has just proven there, sometimes it's just about feeling it, man. You feel yeah. it and you enjoy it. I think that's wonderful. All
1: yeah, right. for uh, for sure. I, uh, it it brings you back to when you were a kid and why you. Got into it in the first place, exactly. Where you did because so.
0: only a few people, and there's nothing, there's no right or wrong, but only a few people start watching it. it well, sorry, other way around. Only a few people, less more people you go know, get interested when they're a kid than not, you know, you know. Yeah, it's rare. I know a few people that got into it as adults, but even then, they remember it from their childhood, and I think that's why it's so fun, right. Right, so yeah, for sure. The one last thing that we need to talk about, Dan, before I let sure. you go. Now, we did have, we I always have a little chat with my patrons before we go on. You know, we uh, we get some ideas down and, and we shoot. You know, we kind of figure out what we want to talk about. And you have mentioned my the love of my life, Rusev, and <laughs> you, you told me you have a different take on him. Yes, I would like to know this take, and I'm very excited to have this discussion with you. <laughs> okay,
1: so as a premise. I love Rusev. I think yeah. he's funny. I think he, I think he can do face heel, all that stuff. I think where, where I, I, you and I differ, I think is uh, when the whole Rusev days thing started, and it started getting over th- with the crowd. Uh, he was supposed to still be a heel. Yes, a- and he was going out. And it, like, when the Rusev Day chant started, instead of doing the like, heel thing, covering his ears, or telling people to shut up, or this isn't sing along with the Rusev, or something like that, he started doing the chest pump thing, and pumping his, like, encouraging it. And so, if you're writers in the back, and, and trying to plan this this show, and he's doing the opposite of what you want him to do, then it's, I, I can see what, why he would get maybe a little bit buried after that or they kind of push him in this other direction and go, like, we're asking you to do this thing. Please do it so it fits with kind of all the other things that we're doing.
0: You know what? I can respect that. Yeah. I, I know what you mean. And I think there is – I think it's this weird balance, right? Because in today's WWE, you're told you got to get yourself over and Take a chance and this and that, blah, 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 blah. Right. And I imagine in his head he saw the momentum, he heard the cheers, and he thinks, oh, "If I, you know, if I, if I play up to this, maybe I can make it into a thing." But you're right. I guess you're always fighting the power, and you're always fighting. You know what the storyline is: you're always fighting management, right? You can't beat management, um, right? But. I don't know. It's hard. It's so hard in modern-day WWE because you're right. On one, on one stage, you think, does he have to take the advantage to try and make himself get over more, which he tried, and it clearly didn't work, as sad as I am to say that. But on the other hand, yeah, what do you do from a, from a booking standpoint? So, I actually, I do, I, do see what, I do see what you're saying. I think... Oh, I don't know. The, the whole situation with Rusev is so complicated. I don't know what they yeah. think of him. I don't know if they think he's a potential main eventer. Because everything until WrestleMania, was it 31? When he came out on a tank, which is still my Yeah, day, Everything up to that point was great. And then he lost his US title to John Cena. Or whatever, I think it was US title he had. He lost his undefeated streak. And ever since then, I've, ne- I've always felt like he never found his place. Um, right. You know, I, I, I liked him anyway, but I really got into him during that awful storyline he had with Dolph Ziggler and Summer Rae, simply because no matter what uh. crap they gave him, he made me laugh. And I was like, yeah. that is a surefire sign of a performer. But you're right. If you've been told by somebody, this is what you want you to do. And you try and yeah, maybe 15, 20 years ago, it would work. But in 2018, as we know, it's not it's not the, the dream.
1: Yeah, like, well you can end up doing and, and I know you don't like this term and I'm not a big fan of it either but organically he would have been <laughs> turned to face but he still does all his heel stuff he follows kind of the the framework he's been given and then and then management's forced to flip him because the fans aren't buying it but he's doing his part it's it, similar to what like Becky Lynch is doing she's still trying to play the heel but she's getting cheered but mm-hmm. she's still trying yeah and to me I that's so i can see that i can see at some point the roles reversing and hopefully we get charlotte uh, uh, charlotte heel again
0: i i hope they do a double turn at hell in the cell i think yeah. everything is set up i think it would be fun and i think actually helps charlotte i think she's a better heel uh, than she is a face anyway uh, so.
1: i think i think she's uh, among the best heels in the company
0: yeah yeah I totally agree.
1: Yeah, and that's that's not best female heel that's like best heels
0: yeah i think she's, she's, she's that got, good. she's got that natural I, I'm going to make you not like me skill, whatever that may be. Yes. She's like Randy Orton in that sense. I just want to hate Randy Orton. I don't know why. Yeah. And, and the Miz, yeah. you know, all those kind of people that tick those boxes. <laughs> Although I do, I respect Charlotte as an athlete. That's the only problem. She's so good in the ring. Sometimes it is hard to boo her. So I kind of understand that too.
1: Yeah. Um, but, then, but then you have this, this heel who can't be beaten as well. So it's, it's kind of, I, I like, I like that dynamic where it's, she's just better than everybody else. And she's bad, and she knows it. It was similar to, like, Asuka in NXT. She's better than everybody else. She knows it, and she's going to throw it in your face. And then when, when somebody climbs that mountain and knocks her off, it's a big deal.
0: I mean, I'd like that storyline. <laughs> there's, yeah. there's no two ways about it. Uh, right, Dan, before I do let you go, there's obviously the big question I always have to ask everybody. It's the most generic question ever, but it always opens up some kind of fascinating debate. Favourite wrestler ever? Now, no one has one, but who is the first person that springs to your mind when that question is asked?
1: The, the first person that comes to mind is uh, Kurt Henning.
0: What? Dude, yes! No one ever says Kurt Henning. I like him. <laughs> I love Mr. Perfect, even more so, because of the other day, that gif was... Um, circulating Twitter when he, threw the, he throws the towel and Bobby, yeah. and Bobby Heenan catches it. I mean, there's loads of them, but, oh, man, it's, it's just the best. Kurt Henning, to yeah, me, is one of those guys that was under, even though everyone knew how good he was, in terms of how he was presented to the audience, massively underrated.
1: Yes, because I, I remember Kurt Henning from AWA. He was AWA champion when I I kind of got into uh, into wrestling at that point. So he was the champion, and then there was like people like Rick Martel was was another one in in AWA. So those kind of my favorites back then. Jake Roberts oh, man, was yeah. another. I love Jake Roberts, and I think it was as much as the I was a person who I like snakes, so that was kind of natural.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, we uh, man. Yeah,
1: I like. That. Yeah, but it, in different eras, I've, I've kind of uh, went towards uh, different wrestlers, and they're probably very similar because I like. Uh, I really enjoyed Edge and um, and Raven. I loved Raven, WCW Raven, where he'd oh, sit man. in the corner. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah it's,
0: uh, untapped potential again. I think.
1: Yeah, he was like Ethan Hawke from uh, whatever mid '90s movies where he was just <laughs> brooding, and yeah, that was the character. It's like, what? And, then, and then yeah, and then today like Seth Rollins and and uh, Finn Balor, Johnny Gargano. Yeah. Uh, the Velveteen Dream is oh. uh, another one I think is going to be a huge star.
0: I do, yeah. He's like a throwback, isn't oh. he?
1: What oh. What
0: did you think of Kurt Henning when he got WWE'd? In the sense that he turns up in WWEs now, Mister Perfect. I mean, like, the character is still great. I think you know that's during the time when the vignettes are awesome and fun, and you can't help but laugh of it. But yeah, yeah he, he's still Mister Perfect. Yeah, he's still a gimmick. Did you care about that, or you like it doesn't matter because he's making it work?
1: No, no, I loved it. I loved it. I I, I like gimmicks. Yeah, I, I don't I don't need to have I'm I don't like the uh the generic baby face kind of from from the some of the old days where it's like I'm just gonna be the best and slap your hands and then they just wore tights and they had like no personality. Yeah. I like that personality with Kurt Henning. So I, I used to play like the, the WWE video game that's the old uh in the in like the arcades.
0: Oh, and man, I, was always, the best. I
1: was always Kurt Henning.
0: Oh man, I love that yeah. game. I love yeah. that game and it's so just, much.
1: Well, wow. yeah, so those, yeah, that's probably the, the the first one that comes to mind for sure.
0: That's brilliant. I mean, I, I it's the same with uh, Rick Martell as well. I think Rick Martel got dealt kind of a bad hand in WWE, and he was great. But I I like Rick Martell so much that I kind of went and found his non-model stuff, and that yeah. the model Rick Martell kind of hampered him a little bit because the gimmick was so stupid. You couldn't yeah. really like he he was he was an AWA guy, wasn't he? I think I'm right. In yeah, that. yeah,
1: yeah, he was and, an AWA guy, yeah. and uh, in our local uh indie promotion and like uber face him and and dino bravo at the time those they they were the top faces they were the the ultimate good guys
0: yeah no they were and then you gave him that i I like the model gimmick but it gave him a ceiling that was the problem it gave him a ceiling and i actually think he was better than the ceiling he got given that was that was that was always my thing but great answer my favorite answer so far i like that mr henning (laughs) rest in peace what a what an absolute hero that man that man was yeah uh cool right look at that we just smashed through an hour which i always say i like to keep these two i could chat to you all day dan which is fantastic to be honest um i just love anyone that's got that kind of retro insight is like an encyclopedia to me i think it's just wonderful
1: yeah yeah Um, i
0: I'd I'd like to do this
1: again sometime.
0: Ah oh, dude, yeah. Sure. I say to I mean I usually say it's off the air but we'll say it on it as well. If you're a patron you sure. come on uh you come on Simon's Pro and Podcast again, patron.com for summer Simon three sixteen. Hopefully you're happy to, to stay around and we can do this. We can you know, I always like to plan in sort of one every six weeks or something like that, whoever works for the other person. So yes, Dan, please come on. And obviously, if you are a patron and you haven't come back on, get in touch. You know, it would be great to have these constant conversations and, you know, find out what passions you have. And then if an event comes, we can talk about it. I think, you know, that's that, that's kind of, kind of the best thing to do. Uh, is there any kind of plugging or social media you want to throw out there? Don't have to, but I always like to offer the opportunity
1: uh no uh yeah i don't think i have anything to to plug or social media so well there we go nice and easy uh, well
0: thank you to yourself dan and thank you to brad as well who uh i love it i love it you can't argue with kids you just can't (laughs) because even because their all their whole thought process comes from instincts and feelings and really if we all did that rather than overthought things it would be a lot better that's just my opinion on it anyway yeah Uh, as always if you are on itunes please give us five stars give us a review again patreon.com forward slash Simon316. This will also be on my YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash the middle report rules. And there's a lot of nonsense on there as well. So it's just game stuff. And I'm doing a playthrough of Spider-Man on the PS4, all kind of nonsense like that. Uh, join the Facebook group. Just search for Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Facebook. No, don't search for that. Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling podcast on Facebook. And I'm on Twitter at Simon316 and Instagram at Simon Miller 316 Dan, I just want to thank you for that. It was a really good chat. I enjoyed myself immensely
1: all right thanks it was a lot of fun no problem the hour goes by really fast i mean doesn't it
0: just i usually cut most people off because you're like where the hell did that go yeah but uh, yeah do definitely stay in touch we'll do this again and thank you to everyone for listening thank you for letting me into your life and i'm going to chat to you again next week